What's happening, weirdos? Uh, this is Craig. Craig? Am I saying that right? Craig? Craig Ferguson. What a thrill to have Craig Ferguson on. I've always been a, a huge fan of his. And Riding the Elephant, his new memoir, is uh, available for pre-order now. You can get that on uh, Amazon. We talk a little bit about that. I read the book. It's very, very, very good. I really, really enjoyed it. I, I tell him in the interview, I'm like, it feels like his first book because the stories are so fresh and uh, the writing is, is so funny. Uh, so definitely check that out. And while we're plugging books, uh-oh, my book, Comedy Sex God, is available for pre-order. Um, I know I've, I've said this. I always think of Josh Rubin um, doing his please watch the path <laughs> bit uh, but I, because I don't want to sound like I'm groveling. But it would mean a lot if you pre-ordered my book, Comedy Sex God, on Amazon or you can go to harperwave.com slash Pete Holmes. Either one is fine. Um, there will be an audiobook. I think you can pre-order the audiobook as well, which will be read by me. Um, but the book I've been working on for three years now, and uh, believe it or not, it has things that I haven't shared in this podcast, um, some things that I have, but with a little bit more detail. I've really, really loved working on it, and I'm very, very excited to see what you guys think of it. Um, when I think of the audience, the intended audience, I'm like, it's the people that like this podcast. If you like the podcast, it's sort of the book version of the podcast, which is why it's called Comedy Sex God. Those are the things we usually talk about the most on this show. Um, so please check that out. Please watch The Path and please watch Crashing. The The season finale is going to be this Sunday um, and you can stream all, uh, starting on Sunday, you'll be able to stream all three seasons. So please check that out. Please watch The Path. Please. Um, I'm also doing a live show at Largo here in Los Angeles on 328, March 28th, um, two days before my 40th birthday. Please. Um, so come to that. Go to Largo-LA.com for tickets. Those are always amazing. In fact, the last show was so good, I think we're going to release um, my set as a vinyl. I, 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 it was just so fun, and you guys are such amazing crowds, and it was so electric that I was like, wow. I kept saying to the audience, I was like, it's never this good when you like do a taping or a recording or like an album recording. There's always this tension in the room. But Largo records all their shows, so I was like, let's just release that audio. So keep an eye out for that. I'll certainly make an announcement when that is ready to order. Uh, but if you want to come to the live show where things are so electric and fun, March 28th will be the next show. Always amazing guests, and I do uh, a nice long set as well. Um, I do want to give a shout to the Pete's Picks. Pete's Picks, boy, I've been swearing by my Pete's Picks. These are products, not just ads. These are things that I actually sincerely use every single day of my life that make my life better. So I reached out to these companies to see if they would do promo codes for you guys. Uh, the first one is Alpha Brain by Onnit, O-N-N-I-T. Alpha Brain is a nootropic that helps with memory and focus. It's made with earth-grown ingredients. Uh, it's basically, I always think of it like fish food, but uh, instead of fish, it feeds like your, your creativity and your concentration and your recall. I wish I had Alpha Brain in school. Would have made things a lot easier. But literally for the past four or so years, every time I write a script or do stand-up or do a podcast or even just go to dinner or if I just have a quiet Saturday where I'm just sitting on the porch but I want to have full access to the faculty of my mind without that jittery coffee feeling, there's no stimulant to it. It's just earth-grown nutrition that your brain runs on um, I swear by it. I take two or three sometimes if I'm really needing the kick. 
two to three alpha brain 15 minutes before I do any of those activities. And it is wonderful. It's a real, real, real game changer. So I reached out to them. Uh, you can get 10% off your order if you go to onnit, O-N-N-I-T dot com slash weird. They have a series of amazing products, including New Mood, which uh, helps build up your serotonin, Alpha Brain, which, as I said, I take every day. But just click around. It's an amazing company uh, and enjoy that um, discount. Also, Kachava. Been getting a lot of feedback from uh, weirdos that are enjoying Kachava. Kachava. Kachava is a plant-based superfood drink mix uh, that you just add to water and you shake it up, two scoops in a, in a shake bottle, shushuk, shushuk it up. It's got powdered coconut milk in it. That is the key that makes it actually taste amazing. It has just the right amount of coconut sweetener in it too. As I always say, Val never likes the weird superfood uh, nutrient-dense things that I'm always putting in my smoothies, but she loves cachava because it's just the right flavor. It's one of the first things that I've had like it that focuses on flavor, not just the amazing nutrition inside. But it does. It gets you high, basically. It gives you a wonderful glow, a happy nutrition overload uh, with more nutrients than most people eat in a month that you can get in just a shake. Sometimes I'll make Baby Lee a, a bottle, and I'll make myself a bottle of cachava because it really is so easy. I can do it. I'm holding her, and I make one uh, with one hand. I also travel with it. Very hard to eat healthy on the road. It's 100% plant-based. It's got omega-3s from chia and flax seeds. It's got eight superfoods. It's got 17, 17 greens and veggies, gluten-free, soy-free. There's no artificial sweeteners or preservatives. It's got digestive support built right in, 1,000 milligrams of adaptogens, 24 grams of protein, and 9 grams of fiber. That's all plant-based, and it's actually delicious. It's good with just water, or you can use uh, almond milk, milk, who cares, whatever you're into. I throw some strawberries in there, make it thick. You can make like a cachava ice cream. It makes you feel amazing because of the raw cacao, the maca root. It's good for energy. It keeps you full. It's like a meal in a pill. You, you drink one for breakfast and you, you realize you haven't even thought about lunch. It keeps you that full for that long. I've gotten a lot of great feedback, especially from people that can't have things like gluten or are trying to eat more plant-based. They love it. But uh, actually, everybody, everybody that I talk to loves it. It doesn't need to be some sort of weird diet. It's just a delicious uh, way to get some nutrition into your life in a very, very easy way. Go to kachava, www.kachava.com slash weird. You get 20% off. Kachava. That's a Pete's pick for a reason. <laughs> what am I, threatening you? It's a Pete's pick for a reason. And the third, the original Pete's pick right here on my desk. You can't tell, but that's really my bottle of Charlotte's Web hemp oil. Charlotte's Web hemp oil is a, it's a, a miracle elixir, basically. It's incredible. It's made from the hemp plant, but they use science to remove THC. THC is what gets you stoned. It's what gets you high. It's when you, when you eat or smoke weed. That's THC. CBD is also happening, but CBD doesn't give you that. It's not an intoxicant in that way. CBD is a wonderful body and brain beneficial uh, comp compound. <laughs> give it a goog. Give it a goog. CBD. But here's the thing. Charlotte's Web is an amazing company, a moral and uh, beautiful company. Uh, they made it for a young girl named Charlotte who was having seizures, and CBD is the only thing that helped her 
get well again. Um, so it's wonderful for a number of ailments. For me personally, I use it as an anti-anxiety. I use it as a mood elevator, a stress reducer. It helps me sleep. It helps me wind down at the end of the day if I'm going to a party or if I'm on a if I'm traveling. Something that just takes the edge off, but not in an intoxicating way, and in, in a health increasing, wellness increasing way. It's sort of hard to explain. I, I do call it my happy juice. I, I say it gives you a happy, healthy, plant based glow. Ships legal to all fifty states. It's it's not just because it's made from hemp. It's not illegal. There's nothing uh, like that about it. Um, but the best the best thing to do is just try it if you're curious. I like the Everyday Advanced. That's the strongest kind. They actually have one stronger now. I get the Everyday Advanced because you can literally just take a couple drops of it and you will feel that just that little that little secret spark of happiness kind of going on behind your main program. Um, I get the mint chocolate flavor. Tastes like a Thin Mint. Um, that's my favorite Girl Scout. Well, Samoa is my favorite. But you know what I'm saying. It's incredible. Go to cwhemp.com slash weird. Use promo code keep it crispy. Some people wrote me on uh, line and they told me the promo code wasn't working. I got in touch with them. It is working. Make sure you're getting that right. cwhemp.com slash weird and then use the promo code keep it crispy. That's it, guys. I hope to see you at Largo on March 28th. Please watch the pop. Please watch Crashing. crashing. Please uh, pre order my book. It would make me so happy if this book could uh, premiere strong. It's called Comedy Sex God. Get it on Amazon or harperwave.com slash Pete Holmes. It'll be out May 14th. And in the meantime, enjoy Craig Ferguson and check out his book, Riding the Elephant, and our lovely chat here. What a lovely man. One of, the be- one of my favorite God answers. Don't skip ahead. Wait for it. Get into it. Sorry, guys, I forgot to mention something else about the wonderful Craig Ferguson. He is going on the road to do stand-up. Nothing quite like seeing Craig uh, live. He's incredible. So go check him out on his hobo, fabulous stand-up comedy tour. On April 4th, he will be in Los Angeles, California. April 5th, San Francisco. April 6th, he'll be in Stateline, Nevada. April 7th, Anaheim, California. April 8th, Phoenix, Arizona. April 9th, Tucson, Arizona. April 12th, Henderson, Nevada, and April 14th, Austin, Texas. For tickets, if you're anywhere near uh, those places, you got to check them out. Go to thecraigfergusonshow.com and check them out in those cities on the Hobo Fabulous Tour. All right, let's get into it. Besides doing this, am I, am I expected to use the elliptical? Would you mind? We're already recording, so come on in. Oh, really? Is that okay? Absolutely. Some people noticed the sauna. You went for the elliptical. Uh, I have a sauna, but it's uh, it's Do in you? a cupboard. Yeah, Do it's you... in a cupboard. Yeah, it's in a cupboard. In can you close the house. door, Tony? Please. It's a little chilly. Can yeah, you, it's cold. Can you open the sauna, and that is heat. <laughs> and you want to point that at? <laughs> That's mean, Tony. Would you mind pointing that at us? <laughs> yeah. You... Well, you you were on your own, Tony. Yeah, I, I get like it. it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. This is good. It's like being sick. <laughs> Isn't being sick the best? Well, if you're not too sick. I understand, but you get to eat saltines. You sit on the couch and watch all day, and it's guilt-free. Guilt you can watch TV all day. Free. You can watch movies that you wouldn't normally watch. You can cancel plans that you wouldn't normally want I to do. I love canceling plans. I don't, I don't know a comedian, and nary a regular. Yeah. 
that doesn't love canceling plans. Everybody loves canceling plans. It's the, well, not that's not, I don't know. There's some people out there. Um, my wife has certain friends, for example, that are very, and I have certain friends, to be honest, that like to follow seem plans to be fearless. Through. They're just fearless. Yeah, what, what, what do you like about a, a, a canceled plan is that the fear of anything that could go wrong or removed. awkward is removed, right? It's removed, yeah. It's like a canceled it. gig. Right. Like when, especially when you're not good in the early days. Right, or just forever in your career. Also, I just didn't know yeah. if you were one of those cocksure cocksuresmen no, that's I'm like, not. no, I love a show. I, I, to this day, if a show is canceled, I'm kind of like, Well, that's yeah. good. <laughs> the, the, the risk is, the risk, although I think what happens is I've reached an age. 57? 56, thank you very much. I thought indeed. it said 57 in the book. Is well, the it, book it, to be published when you're 57? Right, it'll come out just before I'm 57. Well. So. Have you read the book? You know, because of the wee one. Yeah. You know who I'm talking to. We. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. that's good. I was like being in Scotland there for a minute. That was You're fantastic. So yeah, no. I'm remiss. Can I, before I tell you about me reading the book, I do want to say what a, what a pleasure it is to have you. Well, it's lovely to be here. I thank you so well, much. And thanks for asking me. I am a huge admirer of yours. I love doing your show. And I yours. No, yes. let's not take that's... the trolley around the block no, just that... yet. No, that is true. <laughs> I, I watched The Crashing. And I enjoyed it very much. How indeed. pleasing! Yeah, I had I, no, I did not know. Yeah, well, it's on. I have Netflix or HBO. It's on the HBO Go. Yeah, well, you whatever. Know, you know, it's all the same. People all call it a Netflix show. They go, "I love your Netflix special." I'm well, because Netflix is just another word for TV. No? I, I agree. You know, I was watching it. It's like when I was on doing late night. People used to say I was skipping through the channels. I go, no, you weren't. <laughs> you, just, you just want to appear more important than you are. It's like. <laughs> But hold the microphone closer to my face. Oh my God, oh God. Tony's first. This is Tony's first day. It, do you guys have coffee in here? You want a coffee? Yeah, is there one? Tony, would you mind running in and we have espresso? Is that okay? Yeah, that's uh, the fantastic. Actually. Well, I would give you that one, but I I sipped it. And yeah, I, 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 I'm, I like your work, but I'm not that ah. much of a. Let's talk about Tony while he's gone. Oh okay, God. so how do you what know is Tony? His deal. Well, Tony is the backup. Backup. He's the third bench tech. Okay. Our normal tech, Katie. Yeah. Uh, is unavailable. Okay. And Aristotle, our second bench. Aristotle. I know. And now we have Tony. <laughs> I just mean as a name. But Aristotle. Not, wait, Tony was the name of your cue card guy. That's right. You really did read Craig, the book. I'm also like a... One Do you of have one of those weird Marilou Hanner memories? No. You can remember everything? For a couple days. I'll All remember right. everything I read for a couple days, and then it'll turn into a mishmash. All right. But okay. I'm fascinated. I think you're a wonderful writer. Thank you very much. And today is the deadline of my book. So we're in the book finishing club. What have you written a book about? Books that come out. About yourself? It's a, it's a memoir with a spiritual bent. Oh, okay. Because you are you are uh, you're not religious. Are you a religious person? I appreciate that distinction. I I, I I hate people that say that they're spiritual, not religious. But I am spiritual, not religious. Right. Yeah. But, but no, what I meant was you don't have an identifiable doctrine. No, uh, I, I like to say a Christ-leaning, seeking person. Christ-leaning, seeking person. Now, meaning that was the Christ like as in the the conceptual notion of a. a of of a Christ as opposed to the actual Jesus of Nazareth, who many people believe. Wow, we're jumping right in. Well, I'm just. I asking. believe there's a potential for there to be. Both. I was actually just talking to to somebody about this, where I was like, it stands to reason that if Christ was a awoke person, he woke up to the unity of all things, right? His oneness with God, right? Right. That. Back then, there would be like, there's this one guy, Jesus, but now because of the internet, we know that there at any time there might be. Who knows? More than one is what I'm saying. Well, isn't a lot of historical 
uh, study of Christianity connected with Buddhism, like the ideas came out of... Oh, well, that's of, one of my favorite. Yes, keep going. Well, the ideas coming out of, of the East that were coming to the Middle East. and I love it. That, that's it, right? It's one of my favorite... It's not, I wouldn't call it conspiracy theory because it's not really conspiring against No, anything. no, it's just, a, just an idea. that yeah. Jesus went to India... Uh, where Buddhism would have been happening. Right. And then brought, because especially if you read the Gospel of John, there's a lot of I and the Father are one. And, you know, I can't, I'm not going to be able to quote it perfectly, but if you drink of me, like I and you are one sort of thing, it's, it's Buddhism. It's like the right. idea. So, so it, it was an idea of, of spirituality that was forming on, in, across the planet. The, 2,500 to 2,000 years ago, right? But, That's right. But, but the thing is as well, though, that if you look at the, the Stoics, uh, this is a very similar type of thing. Oh, thanks very much indeed, Tony. That's lovely. Um, yeah, get Very nice, it. man. Aristotle wouldn't have made me... Uh, Aristotle would have spit in your face. Yeah, he'd be like, no way. <laughs> you, so you've worked with him. <laughs> no, I haven't, actually. But I can imagine. It's a real nightmare. Is he really? No, no, no. He's wonderful. Now, this is interesting. So you're... You're a Christ-leaning uh, Well, that's spirituality. because like you, yes. you were raised Protestant. I was, yeah. And I was raised Protestant. So it's hard to get away, and you tell me your experience, it's hard to get away from those early images. Talking about like yes. the mystery of the universe and uh, a story that's a placeholder to kind of tell that story. Really hard to get away from the ones that you got when your brain was really impressionable. So instead of resisting them, which I did for a long time, I now enjoy reclaiming them and reworking with them. I I think it's I think it's fine to to uh, to read anything you like and be- believe, uh, yeah, pretty much believe anything you want as long as you don't inflict cruelty on other human beings. Yeah. Don't you think? I am a huge believer in that. Yeah. Absolutely. So, like, if you believe something hateful but you don't act on it, is that in itself a hateful thing? I would say there. You know, you say again. I'm just going to reference your book a lot. You talk about the who is it? The Victorians that mm. started. With Ghastly their people, yeah, mm. with their starting taking over lands, right? Yeah, and I, this isn't the language you use, but it's sort of like set in motion the echoes of of all this hate. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. E- even if someone's not acting on them, saying going out and a- a- attacking people and being violent, I do think there's a risk, even at a just like a vibra- a subtle level, let's right. say, that like if you are if your dad is a horrible racist, and even if he doesn't preach to you, you're going to probably feel some of that, and, and it's probably going to like come through I'm almost on a DNA level it may but there's also the personal responsibility I mean the the, the children of racists are not necessarily racists the children of uh, the children of bad people are not necessarily bad people the children of good people are not necessarily good people and 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 you know the you've seen enough uh, you know misbehavior in organized religion to know that that's no protection for it either doctrine doesn't protect people from their behavior wholly agree wh in fact maybe it maybe it's worse if you if you build an escape hatch for people like well if you you know you behave badly but if you know you, if you say, believe that's one thing right if you believe this one thing or you say things a certain way or you touch the magic Dude, Stone. you're touching yeah. on something that when I was a kid, right? because you've had your wild uh, times. Wild is kind of a glamorous way to put it, but you had your reckless period. Sad time. Yeah, you're sad. Let's, let's call yeah. it what it was, a sad, yeah. reckless time. Um, but as a kid, we used to hear, you know, it's in Shakespeare, the idea that if you repent before you die, you're good. Like, mm. that's how old the, obviously it goes back to, I would argue it's not really in uh, traditional Christianity. It's not in the Gospels per se, right. but it's how we've interpreted them. So confess and you're good and you go to heaven. So we were all like, why couldn't we have orgies 
and why couldn't we do cocaine? Well, that and why couldn't is we drink? Actually, and then at the last second, yeah, but well, the, 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 that's actually what happened to uh, uh, Jean Couvin's sister, the founder of Calvinism. The, Are you a Calvinist? No, 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 not at all. But but the founder of Calvinism, he's a real doctrinal. The book of life is written, and you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Really, it's going to be the way it is from when you're born to when you die. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And uh, and his sister said, "Fine, I'll I'll do whatever I want then, because you know, if I'm going to be one of the saved, then I'm one of the saved, and if I'm not, I'm not." He burned her at the stake. No, uh, yeah, apparently, yeah. his uh, sister, yeah. which was also predetermined. Well, as as it turns out, yeah, I don't think things are predetermined. Do you think things are predetermined? It's a great question. I'd love to talk to you about it. Yeah. I if they were, you'd know I was going to ask you. Well, that's omniscience. That's different from okay. predetermined. All right. All right. Yeah, if I was aware of what had been predetermined. Right. Okay. Are but you? I I think I actually don't even like my own opinion about this <laughs> because I I think there's something oh. going on where we are just sort of obeying a certain law of our own chemistry, our own personality, our own mm. impulses, the, our input, our society, everything. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm trying to do a bit about it on stage where I'm like, you think you have free will. Okay, skip food for three days, then drink nine espressos and see if you can be friendly. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It's like you're, you're at a certain point, we're in these meat puppets and right. our brains are a huge part of that. And our behavior, people that listen to this podcast know I'm going to reference the sniper in Texas that shot all those people who said something's wrong with my brain. He wrote in a suicide note, there's something wrong with my brain. I donate my body to science. Please explore. And they looked, and, and sure enough, there was a tumor in the part of his brain responsible for impulse control and, and like violent thoughts and stuff. Well, just hold let's, on. Let's go ahead and hold on. I was done. Right. Because <laughs> if you know yeah. that there's something wrong with your brain. I have something wrong with my brain, and I, I think want to he did. Him. I think he did well, tell he, his doctor. Well, this was like the 19, I think it was the 50s. Well, I, th- I still think it's on you. Uh, you know, if you think, like, I'll give you an example. I am an alcoholic, right? I know I'm an alcoholic. And my belief is about alcoholism, and I've proved it to my own satisfaction, that alcoholism, as I understand it, is a disease which manifests itself in the following way. It's an allergy of the body. I love when people call it the allergy. Is that a weird interjection? It's just like a fun way to say it. Well, it is an allergy. It's an allergy. It's like, I take this substance. Yeah. The anomaly, normal people who take this substance, this doesn't happen to them. But what happens to me is I take this substance and it, the, the allergy manifests itself as a compulsion mm. to continue to drink even although I don't want to. Mm-hmm. It removes, if you like, free will. Right. And, and so I now, having that knowledge about myself, it would you be... You cut it off before it was the my, It is my responsibility to get between me and the act that triggers the compulsion. I hear that. Right? So if you are the sniper in Texas, surely you're not absolved of responsibility. And maybe he's not saying that. Maybe I'm judging him too harshly. But you're, you're not absolved. I think you can judge a guy that shot him. Yeah, I think you can. <laughs> I think but, nobody's but, going to tweet about that. But I think if you get between yourself and the whatever action which is destructive or negative, that's, it, that's your responsibility. We're just having fun. We're two kids smoking dope in the dorm room. Okay. So I am not an expert. So we're just talking. Right. But isn't even your ability to go, I'm going to cut this off at the pass, a product of your brain function? You have Or patience, experience. An experience, perhaps. Right. Or maybe you just had uh, you know, uh, parents or, or people in your lives that gave you that example sort of thing. What I'm saying is like, 
Mm-hmm. It's just a little haunting to consider that we. Here's my feeling: mm. we have the illusion of free will. Whether right. or not we actually do, I don't know if we do. But I actually kind of enjoy that. That's sort of like I don't mind either way, actually. Yeah, um, I don't think it's like oh, I, I'm definitely going to say this, and that freaks me out. I'm just sort of yeah. like no, I'm inside this thing, and it operates under a certain lawfulness, right. as does the rain and the rivers and the trees and the lions and the deer. Right. And that's that's one way you can understand karma is that like my brain is my karma. I'm working through what I've been handed, and I am part of the tapestry, the mosaic of everything that, even though it seems horrible and ununderstandable at times, is ultimately, by its own like policing, perfect. <laughs> well, I think that depends on how you feel about the situation at the time. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. In... Uh, as you're saying, you know, you describe in its own way, horrible as it may seem at the time, it'd be perfect. I, I feel that that absolves too many individuals, and I believe in individuality and individuality of thought. It absolves you of responsibility. Yes. So I see that. Here's here's what I think about karma or God or the universe. Is what I think. I think of it a little like electricity. So electricity is extremely useful if used in the correct way. Make your make you a nice cup of coffee or some toast. It just did. Uh, it can also it can also kill you. Um, it can be used as an instrument of torture and an instrument of murder. The electricity is completely benign. It, it is. It, it has no agenda other than it is power. It is usable, but the, so far I'm completely with you. So the deal that. I would exchange awareness with electricity. God right, is awareness. Right, exactly. And awareness is benign and impersonal. Right. Yeah, go ahead. So that's what it is. So what a, a person's behavior is, it returns you to the idea of an, of an individual. And individuals exist in that true sense of that word. I thought, look, I can't remember who it was, but it said all philosophy boils down to a study of language. And I think it probably is. That's interesting. That, right, that, that, you, that you just... Um, because if we're thinking in language, then we're studying Right, language. and also yeah. it, it becomes, if you ever, like academic philosophers become unbearable because they start nitpicking over the tiniest inflection, the tiniest word, and, and everything becomes Biblical semantics. scholars can be like that, too. Yes, I'm sure. It's you like, know, you I'm, notice they say they and not those. It's well, like, yeah, people do I that gotta all go. the time. I that, gotta go. That, you know, uh, also, <laughs> particularly with the Bible, unless you're yeah. reading it in the the... Or any of the Upanishads, anything you want. Unless you can actually understand it in the language in which it was written, I think you're and looking at... the time at, that it was written. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, but, the, but, but at least the language, then, then you don't really have a leg to stand on. If you say, in the King James Bible, it says... Well, yeah, but the, in the King James Bible, there was an agenda... By King James and the King That's James right. Bible. He had a lot of people to get that agenda. Right. So, you know, there's not, it's not necessarily, I think, uh, a true source of information. You have to consider this source. I, I actually, I'm saying this not to correct you. I think it's because you'll enjoy it. If you don't understand the context in which it's being spoken, you also have no chance. You can know Greek or mm. Aramaic or Hebrew, but if you don't understand what's going on, sure. it would be like listening to us talk and I say Hogwarts. Mm. And you might know that we look up what that reference is, but you might not know what does it feel like when we talk about Harry Potter? Is it kind right. of dorky? Is it sort of nostalgic? Is it, you know what I mean? You need to know, right. and you also need to know the system of values. Like you need to know what it felt like to be under President Trump. You need to know what it feels like to be, to have these certain things in the air. And that, and that's what a good 
scholar of any spiritual or otherwise text will tell you. Well, how can you possibly know that, though? I mean, uh, the, like, if, if, for example, you say, you know, um, let's take the example of Christ, for example, like uh, Jesus of Nazareth gives a speech uh, in, by the Sea of Galilee approximately 2,000 years ago. Yeah. Uh, how can you, in any way, shape, or form, contextualize that, if you, unless you're in the crowd? I th- well, I think, well, how would you do it with us? I mean, granted, we have more things written down. Right. We have video and stuff. But if you even just took that away, you'd probably look to history and and the other things that had been written. The history around that time. is history is. Now is, we're really smoking dope in the dorm room because we're talking about what is really knowable. And I love your point. I'm a mystery guy. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. There are certain clues we can get going. For example, what I'm saying is when Jesus says, "Blessed are the meek." When we looked at the way that that society was working at that time, we know that they didn't value meekness. It was like a hierarchical thing, sort of like what we have going on today. It was a a lot about like honor and respect in a way that when he was saying that, he was actually being a lot more electric than when we read it. And we're just like, it's nice to be a sweet grandma handing out ginger snaps. He was actually saying something pretty... Well, yeah, I mean, there's a a couple of things. You know, the the idea of my guess is the whatever uh, prophets were working then, Jesus or John the Baptist or anyone else, my guess is they were very funny. I How could he not have? Um, how can he not wake up to universal truth well, and no not one's have go, a giggle? No one's going to go and see someone talking about how to behave yourself. I love this point. Um, so my guess is that they were, what I'm saying is stand-up comedians are prophets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's I, your pull quote. Yeah, yeah. That, um, I think that they were funny and they were entertaining and they would say it in a certain style. Right. Well, this goes back to the racist da, right? right? I know you're not Irish. I'm just saying this goes back to the, the racist dad who might not preach his racism, but he's emitting a frequency. When you hear someone speak about peace and you feel it in them, it's different. That's, so Jesus' magnetism, whether or not it was literally true as it's written, I think I felt it from certain people, and it comes from a certain equanimity that they're made. I, I think it goes inside. back to the to awareness or uh, or the idea of the electrical power. A ben, you know a, 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 a neutral bright. a neutral force, which you know uh, uh, an emotionally neutral force, which can be used for good or ill. You mean that's what Jesus was tapping into. I think that's what anyone... The personless. I, I, yeah. I think that's what anyone who preaches any doctrine is tapping into. Right. They're, and and what you could maybe argue is that, that part of that is the use of uh, charisma and the desire of uh, humans to have uh, an answer or someone to show them the way. For example, who was it? I think it's Descartes said that um, all societies no matter who they are, have a, um, a deity. All societies, no matter how, this, you know, Aztecs and Chinese and, you sure. know, the people that are just have no connection at all, but they all have the idea of a deity. And his, one of the proofs of God was that if, for every appetite, there is a satiation. So, you know, for, you know, for the, the desire to procreate, there is sex. The desire to eat, there is food. The desire for water, there is, you know. You know. Right. right. So for every appetite, there is a satiation. So the, the proof of God is that the fact that humans have an appetite for God proves there is a God. That's interesting. Um, because if you didn't have an appetite for it, it wouldn't exist. But we also now, want to fly and stuff. Well, we do. Yeah, but I mean, I want to take off by clenching my button. But that's not how it works. How it works is, I mean, the fact that we fly in the air, we fly in the air. 
Right. So just because it's not the way you planned it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Of course it exists. To that logic, then, God, very much so, following this logic, might not be clenching my butt to fly. It might be an airplane. Of course. Which means it might not be the God the Aztecs were worshipping, or my Jesus, or God, or it or might be, Or it might be the exact same God at a different point in time. But because God and time don't have to be the same thing. So if, for example, you say the Aztec God or the, or the Hebrew God or the, you know, or the, I don't know, does Confucius have a God? Yeah, the Confucius, whatever it is. Like whatever God in whatever society, mm-hmm. um, that God it takes the form on what the input you give it. For example, you plug the toaster in, it's a toaster. You plug the, um, <laughs> the sauna in, it's a sauna. I love this. Right? So we it, quote this all the time. It, you can dig a bunch of different wells, but it's all after the same water. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that's what... And it also is a different you plug period. plug the sauna in, it's a sauna. All right. What are you, fun? Yeah. <laughs> what are you, like a fun guy? Yeah, I like the sauna. <laughs> I just mean the way you talk is fun, not oh, to get yeah. too philosophical. Well, I, 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 this is what you, you talk about. Yeah, no, it is what you talk about. Right. But I, I like talk, I like the way you're talking. And how did you reconcile, if it's not too personal, the, the higher power aspect of AA? Was there a flavor that you enjoyed? I got sober. I, look, I, there is a tradition within Alcoholics Anonymous, who I do not speak for in any way, shape, or form. Uh, that asks its members to remain anonymous at the level of right. press, radio, films, and whatever. Especially because if and you podcasts. then make an ass of yourself, right. yeah, you make the group. So, with that, with that being said, yep. Um, the I, so I don't speak for Alcoholics Anonymous. I absolutely, you know, have no qualification to do that. Mm-hmm. My own personal uh, experience was when I got sober. I got sober with a lot of people who were uh, politically communists. They were atheists. Mm-hmm. There was no. Uh, God, per se. Uh, you know, a lot of Glaswegian shipyard workers were communists in the 1930s, 1940s, and so had grown up under that doctrine and did not were not church-going God people. Mm-hmm. But I have found, with particularly with atheists, actually, that they are extremely religious. The atheists are, are have, seem to have a very... Uh, it's not like they discount the idea of God. They absolutely reject the idea of God, but they don't really. It's an odd thing. Tell me what you mean. Tell me well, everything. I think the idea of higher power, and higher power is, is very clearly used in, um, in that language, because a higher power doesn't have to be a God of any form of religion. I suspect that what most atheists are rejecting is the idea of an afterlife. Hmm. And that what... Most people, I think, get confused with, or a lot, not most people, but a lot of people get confused with the idea of God and an afterlife are somehow the same question. And I don't believe they are. Right. You know, I believe they're completely different questions and completely different things. It's mm-hmm. like speedboats and cheese. They're just not, they're not <laughs> You the can same. have them together. Yeah, you could have cheese on a speedboat, but yeah. it's yeah. just not related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And You're just I, a lucky person. It's just, the, you know... <laughs> Congratulations! Enjoy your gouda at high speeds across the water. But the, uh, but the, um, but what I think about it is, is that the idea of a higher power can be even be knowledge. So if you have a group of people who have found a way out of a horrible addictive cycle, their accumulative knowledge is greater than mine. And when I, when I first went there, that's what I used as a higher power. That's their accumulative knowledge. the accumulated knowledge of a group of people who had been through what I'd been through and knew how to get out of it. That was your higher power. That's, That's a beautiful the higher choice. Power. That's the choice. I love that. And my choice now is that I don't have to know what it is. Mm. I just have to. There's a prayer by Saint Francis of Assisi. I'm not a Catholic, but 
Um, hey, St. Francis, was, he's for everybody. He's, he was just a beautiful mind. And, and there is a St. Francis of Assisi prayer, which I can't remember the whole prayer, nor do I want to. But there's the first line of that prayer I find very useful, which is, Lord, make me a channel of thy peace. Mm. Or Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace, whatever that. Uh, that's enough for me. Mm. So whatever, th- that I think uh, plugs in the sauna, if you like. You know, that's <laughs> the one that goes, all right, you're now connected. Please, here's my desire. Direct my thinking into the way that, it, that, I, would, that I would and you would have it be. Mm. The, that God is almost like an internal connection. God is not you, but God is reached internally, not externally. But in the way that my sauna isn't electricity, electricity is flowing through it and making it a sauna. Right? Okay. Okay. I, I lost, you lost me there a little bit. But You're saying God is not you. I God agree. is not me. I agree. Right? I'm not God. Right. But in the same way electricity is running through my sauna... That makes it a living right, sauna. Right, right, right. Its, it's identity is a sauna, but yeah. what powers it is electricity. And in the same way, I just my right. beliefs for fun. I think that's what we're saying when we say that the right. My identity is Craig, but what powers me is the yeah. universe, so Power, life or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I Saint Francis, uh, my one of my favorite Saint Francis says, um, "What you're looking for." This is a paraphrase. What you're looking for is what you're looking with. Oh, that's quite nice. Isn't yeah, that yeah, nice? Yeah, yeah. yeah I love it. that. I went to a CC last year. You did not. I did. Yeah. Did you see the bastardization with the little doll? They're selling the dolls and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So all of that, and, I, and they they have the the great big church, and they have like his robes and his. The man who said book. no church, by the way, the man that was like, bring the church to the people. Now, oh, it's, it, it's a huge, it's an by enormous way, church. I believe Jesus would feel the same way. Yeah, a little fun fact. Well, there is there is a certain amount of irony attached to Dude. Rome co-opting Christianity, Forget turning you it into saying a you church. didn't want to take over for Letterman. Jesus was like tripping over himself to be like, it's not about a building. It's, right, not, it's not about not a, a building. It's not a building. It's not a, I wasn't trying to be cheeky in bringing that up. I'm no, just saying no. people don't listen to people. They don't listen. <laughs> Peter is the rock, and on this rock I build my church. Yeah, or Pete, in fact, is the rock. Yeah, Do you know the uh, and here the, I go. The, uh, Moving around. Peter and Craig are the same name. In, Get Ga- out. in Gaelic and uh, Scot- Scottish Gaelic, uh, Peter is, Craig means Peter. Get out. Yeah, Craig means rock, and Peter is the rock. So it's uh, where are both our names mean rock? Yeah, yeah. So actually, what we should call ourselves is Rocky. Two Rocky Two. Rocky Two. <laughs> That'll be our double act. Rocky the Rocky Two. The Rocky Two. The Rocky Two. That's pretty good. Actually. Yeah, yeah, I, I like, like that. that. Do you ever feel that electricity when you're doing? Because I have a guess. I love asking leading questions, right? And it's going to be baked with a compliment. Oh, okay. When you did your monologue and when you do your stand up, you're there. Of course, you're sharing your being mm-hmm. and your presence, which is that's why I was like, you're an inspiration, especially. Uh, when I was getting started and watching you, I was like, oh, there's another way to do it. Yes. I don't know if you ever saw my talk show. Please don't feel weird if you haven't. Those are my mugs. Right. Um, I, I didn't. But I think probably because when you were doing it, I probably felt competitive with you, so I wouldn't watch No it. way. You know, more than little, likely. Little show on TBS? Well, yeah. I think that what happens is that when you're in that late night world, you, you It's feel, another thing. You feel kind of... I'm, I'm completely divorced from it now. It's weird. I, I don't think about it at all, but... What fun. But inside it, you sound like, well, somebody's starting a late night show. Aren't that you might... glad you got out before everything had to be viral? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it, it, Craig, it's... we need something viral. Yeah, I, I... Could you fuck the robot? Yeah, it's, it's very bad. <laughs> it's, I, dude, it's changed it's everything. It's a very different thing. It's not... It's very bad sounds like a value judgment. It's not what I want to do. I understand. Uh, no, but that's... Oh, that, that's what I was saying is my compliment... 
And then the leading question. Yeah, I was trying to get you back to the compliment, if we could do that. But I mean, what you see and what we hadn't really seen, maybe it's unfair to say there might have been more. I, I saw it when I saw like Eddie Izzard right, and that right. sort of stuff. Eddie, Eddie does a very similar thing. Yeah. You guys, That's not loaded. I'm not saying mm-hmm. one from the other. I'm just saying maybe it's more of a European thing is what I'm suggesting. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I Perhaps. Don't, no, I don't think so. I think that... Although there's there's, there's American tight American style, yeah. yeah. I mean, jazz is an American art form, and I think that, that that's it's more jazzy. To, I mean, I actually I don't really care for jazz as a music form, to be honest. But yeah. but but I think that's what it is. What, I mean, it is what it is. Robin described Robin, it as jazz, sure. and Robin's form was very much like that, right? Um, so you're right. It's not a European thing. It's not. I don't think so. Don't I you see how the human so. brain works, though? I see two European guys, and I go right. two European thing. That's this is what I mean when I say I don't have free will. I have to step out of and observe my brain being an idiot sometimes. And go, well, that, but that then that would be free idiot. will, wouldn't it? Because you're stepping outside of it and you're, then changing you're your mind. True. Let's have the fun. In, the inability of people to change their minds, dude. I I, I find that f- fascinating that that's become an asset. That for somewhere along the line, the idea, you know, rigidity the, is an asset, right? It sucks. The, the idea of the, you know, they say this, he flip flopped on an issue. Good. Like, what do you mean? You mean he changed his mind because yeah. he got more information? That's what an intelligent person would do. I know. Um, I, I've said it before, but I'm going to say it as, as often as I think it because it's important. Um, I love my, my dad, but every time I go home, I, I'm compelled or visit him. I'm compelled to write on my bathroom mirror, don't forget you might be wrong. Right. And it's not because my dad is exceptionally that way. It's because a lot of older men and men in general and people in general just go like, I know Eddie Izzard and Craig Ferguson are that way. <laughs> European comedians are that way. Well, Eddie's from Yemen. Is so, he? Yeah, yeah. See, He's, it doesn't yeah. even work. Yeah, but no. that, that even better illustrates the point is that we are wrong. And I love yeah. being wrong. Yeah, and I good. love celebrating wrong. And I love what you just said about wrong. So anyway, you're sharing your, your being with the audience. It's yes. not something I say before I go on stage that I bet you would vibe with is it's not the words. It's not the words. No. It's not the words. So Leno, and then my question is Leno's you, thing go ahead. about that, which I I love because uh, uh, Jay and I have this odd incongruous friendship, and I, I I I'm very fond of Jay. I love it, and and he uh, he's a different style of comedian to both you and I, but yeah. but he's you know we were talking about remembering the act, and he said, hey, just keep talking. They don't know the fucking script. Just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is such beautiful advice for a young comedian. Nobody knows if you missed a fucking joke. What, are they they following along? I I really love it. Yeah. I used to think if you typed out an hour of stand-up mm. and were like, memorize his monologue, you'd, you'd throw in your head. You'd be like, I can't do it. But yeah. he's absolutely right. It's not the words. You're no. sharing your being. You're trying to remember why it was funny in the first place. You're trying to connect... And I'm also saying this is what you seem to be doing. You're trying to remember what's funny. You're trying to get yourself there yes. too. Jack Johnson did this podcast, and he was like, "You can't give your you can't give the audience the chills unless you're feeling them." Right. And I was like, "I fucking a get that." And the bad shows that I have, when I like, I'll just say the words. You got to give I, it to them. I think that it's interesting. What when you describe a bad show? What is a bad show, buddy? I know what it feels like. It feels like they didn't see me. That's well, what you, but so like. you make the decision whether a show's good or bad. I'm, I'm sort of that style of guy. I, I yeah. will get off and I'll be like, that audience... I, I'll, I'll, Val has heard me say this a million times. I was great. They were terrible. Right. <laughs> I, I feel... But sometimes I, I am terrible. Yeah, no, I, I, just, I, 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 I get that. I, sure. I, I've 
I've had bad shows, but they're often not the ones I think that are bad. Tell me everything. Well, you know, I'll say, you know, especially if you're friends in a show and you do a show and you don't really like, you, you don't connect to whatever you wanted to feel while you were on stage. Yeah. And they'll come back and they'll be like, that was so fantastic. I loved it. I, didn't I, know. I loved that thing. And you're like, no, that was, I've stopped doing this now. Like I used to, I used to you tell people what I just say, thank you yeah. very much. I, That's real showbiz right yeah. there. That's don't forget you might be wrong. Yes. Conan said to me when I was doing my thing, he was like, look, you're going to have a show where you, and I'd lo- I'm saying this so you tell me what you think about it. You'll have a show where you think you reinvented the fucking wheel. You changed the climate. <laughs> yeah. Or you have a show where they're going to, they know I'm a fraud. They're going to take it away. And the next day you're just doing another show. Yeah. It, it <laughs> like no one noticed. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. But there's a freedom in that. There's the sad yes, way. That's, that's and then the, there's the freedom. That's the one of the uh, immense pleasures of aging. Mm, that you, you start to go, oh, who fucking cares? I love you it. Know, it just doesn't really matter. Like, uh, what if we, like, right now I'm doing this publicity thing for uh, uh, the next Dragon movie, right? So tomorrow I'll do an entire day of... You know, entertainment press, not yeah. stuff like this. Nobody's yeah. going to be talking to me about the Upanishads tomorrow. Right. There's going to be yeah. a poster behind you. Right. I just did it. Right. It's, so, you know, there's going to be a black car waiting for you. Right. All of that. All that stuff. <laughs> There's going to be a black car idling in the room. In the room. With your interview. Right. The and the, the, there's the poster behind you. And you, and you I, know what's worse is you're going to feel that maybe the person you're talking to would like to talk about the Upanishad. Do you know what I mean? You're going to. No, like, I no longer feel that. Really? Sometimes yeah. I go like, oh, no, you only have five minutes and you have to ask me about crashing. But like you get a little glimpse of their humanity keep going um, i don't, I don't, I don't i'm a little more careful than that you keep your guard up yes i do i absolutely you guard do. your energy for sure i don't know them you know i don't wow. know what and the the what's happened in recent times i i now am under no i feel no obligation to tell the truth to the press i love it bob uh, dylan over here yeah, yeah, it's a I, real thing. It's a power. It's a powerful thing to realize. Yeah, you just. I, why the hell would you tell these people the truth? No one else is telling them the truth. That's right. why have I got to be the one telling them the truth? That's huh? an interesting moment, like in a movie or something, where the press is asking you something, and it's like, what obligate? It's an illusion. Yeah, the illusion that you have to tell somebody something because they asked you right, with a camera. Not, it's not true. Is not true. Oh. But that actually, I'm not forcing this. Goes back your age thing right which i feel too I, i'm 39 but it's like I, i'm feeling that as well yeah is my similar. first kid was born when i was 39 is that right yeah, yeah, we're right yeah. in sync yeah, in sync my i friend. love it you're just doing it right well i hope we're trying well, i gotta yeah no it's 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 good you know we did your show when val was we just found out she was born. i know i remember you do not of course yeah that's beautiful yeah i love that i don't do that show anymore you know that is that right yeah i, I quit last may why because you know what's funny? I didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> Tell, wow. Because I had this thought. Right. My brain is... I, I don't want to say I have narcissistic tendencies. Maybe I do. I had this thought. I went, I, Craig is so perfect for podcasting. The way I, I, I watch some of your monologues just to kind of get the flavor back in and right. all that sort of stuff. Reading your book. I see the tangents and the italic text and it gets me all excited because uh, I love stuff like that. I was like, oh, maybe he'll do my podcast and he'll realize... Oh shit! I'm going to do a podcast, and I was like, "Pete, you did his podcast, you yeah. fucking dumbass." <laughs> and then I and and it was like everything I just said happened in one second. You know what I mean? Right. I didn't sit thinking right, linearly. Yeah, yeah. You just for live. one second, I caught myself going, "Maybe I'll turn him on to podcasting." But here you are saying you did it. 
Yeah, I don't. I mean, look, we're doing a podcast right now. It, it is now. It's still in your the, life. the moment is now. And, it always and, is. And we're we're doing a podcast. So, so I am podcasting. Right. But it's great to be a guest. You yes, didn't much, have to worry about Yeah, it's much anything. better to be a guest. That's why I wear my jammies. It's to remind me to be like Glide. Re- yeah, no, it's much better to be the guest. Ah, so you're still doing it, but you, you just didn't like the grind? Yeah, I didn't, like, I didn't like doing it every day. I was doing it every day. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't a podcast. It was a, well, it was a podcast, but no, it, was it was a, radio, like a radio, show. radio show. And, um, and well, that's I why was, I felt bad with you. you. I asked your publicist to not be, because if she was here, I'd be looking at her constantly. No, 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 no. It's fine. So, it's absolutely fine. Right? She was lovely. Yeah, yeah, she's a very nice person. You had like, you had a setup that could accommodate like a publicist. And so you had like a waiting room and you could hear the show yeah, piping yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was a real experience. It was a real thing, yeah. And when did you go, that's it? About two or three months before I got out. I mean, I have to say serious. You kept going. Oh, yeah. That's they were very gracious. Well, they were together. very nice to me because, you know, I said to them, look, I, I don't really want to do this. And there was about seven or eight months left in my contract. And I'm like, I, I, you know, I'm not. And re- right about that time, for the people who don't know, that's about the time you start renegotiating the next seven set of, right, the next period. So I said, look, I'm not going to re-up. There's, you don't. This is not a play for money. I, you know, you're nice people, and I like you, but I just don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I said, if you could let me out now, I'd love it. And they said, well, we will if you want. And I said, great. And so I did, and that That's was that. Beautiful. Yeah, they, they were very nice. And then because I wanted to go on tour after it, they said, just to show no hard feelings, we'll sponsor the tour, and they did. No. Yeah, they were lovely. That's great. But what was the moment? I'm not looking for something salacious like who was the guest, but what was the moment where you were like? There was no moment. There was you know? no. That's like you know when you say to an alcoholic, "What was rock bottom?" It's like, they, you know, pick one. You know, there's. You have it, some pretty. Oh, that's so stupid. Isn't it funny how we romance? I, I, I was just saying on the podcast right. yes last week or something. I was like, I I've never seen an uh, an honest depiction of what alcohol is in TV and movies. And I'm I'm I, let's not use the word victim, but for lack of a better term, I'm a victim of it because I'm like, but you have some pretty good rock bottoms, or you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, 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 like yeah. it's fucking who who pointed out that Jim Jeffries is like, I forget it was somebody I was talking to in real life where he's like. People who down drink have bad stories, and I I love Jim. Right. But he was like, and then they tell some story, and it sucks. Like right. the story sucks. He's right. like, I'm punching a little person, and there's a mule, and we're like, <laughs> yeah, I understand it's an eventful story. And Jim, it's a funny story if you hear that. He's not going to hear this, but mm. I'm just saying, I'm not saying it's not funny or wonderful, and I'm not saying you don't have a right to do that. That's great, but they're not necessarily like great stories in the way that you think of like a really great story well, per no, se automatically. It's like a, it's anecdotal. If you can frame, I mean. Part Part of the skill of a and Jim's actually very good at this. Part of the the skill of a stand up comedian is to say, I think one way of doing it is to tell terrible, awful stories or say terrible, awful things, but frame it in a way which is funny, right? And which is not terrible and awful, and that that's actually, including your drinking stories. Yeah, I think so. I mean, also people the 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 Freudian nature that everyone has uh, everyone believes in the the Freudian single cause theory what is that like, you know the, the the one thing that the time your mum smacked your butt that's what made you a you know a tickle <laughs> maniac or something I mean it's I believe it's tonnage well for me it was it was the time my mum smacked my butt but yeah. the, but I think it's tonnage I think life is a, a cumulative experiences it's very rare that one experience changes the game right. Um, it's what happens every day. It's it's yeah. You get worn down, or, what, uh, or, or 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 you steer you steer it in a little bit slower than that. I understand. 
Yeah, yeah you slowly move the wheel and the right. whole trajectory is different. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but it's not necessarily one. But, but, but the journey is long. So if you're one degree off at the start of the journey, yeah. you know, 10 days in, yeah. you're, you're a lot further off course at that point. I like sharing this uh, as much as I can, sort of like the dad quote thing, is that my I stopped drinking about a year and a half ago. Oh, really? Do you have a problem with it? I had a pro- I have a different perspective than uh, the program. Is that like and do you, do you think you're an alcoholic? I think I'm a, I was addicted to alcohol. That's that's right. the language I would use. Well, that's it's an interesting uh, piece of talk because I don't believe that an alcoholic and someone who's addicted to a substance are necessarily the same thing. Interesting. I think. Uh, well, let me give you an example. If you take a hundred people and you force feed them alcohol for a month. Mm-hmm. I would say about 95 of these people will never drink again. They would hate the experience and they would never want to repeat it. And then it. the alcoholics would be like... And alcoholics would do it again. This just does it for me. Right. But if you take 100 people and you force feed them heroin for a month, you've got 100 heroin addicts. That's interesting. There's actually... I think there's a study that goes against that. Really? Beca- because we have the data. It's, it's people that are given Oxycontin, Oxy... Whatever. Oxycontin or Oxycontin. Cotton, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is, but the modern opiate. Yeah, yeah, an opiate. Right. You're given a strong, strong opiate right. after a hip surgery or whatever. And then these people, their prescriptions run out and they just stop doing, essentially, heroin. Right. Um, and they were saying, the, the, the scientists that did this, and it's worth a YouTube so you can get the stats right, right. people listening and you, um, is that they were like, well, that tells us that there are other factors going on. Just the so drug. So then what they did was... It sounds like a big drug conspiracy to me. It's not <laughs> the drug's fault. It's not the drug's fault. Well, they, I, th- I hope, maybe I'm an optimist, that they're trying to, to combat this stuff. So they took a bunch of rats in a cage and they force-fed them heroin. 100 rats, 100 heroin addicts. That's what happened. Right. That's what you said. But then he was like... But what the fuck? Let's make it. Let's not, not. Let's not make heroin the only activity. Right. So they put them in a rat paradise with balls and snacks and mazes right, and right. free area and growl or whatever plague they like and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and plague. They love plague. Oh, they love plague. That's right. the original rat heroin. They yeah, love yeah, a good yeah. plague. Uh, and then there would be one area where you could do heroin, and they noticed that the numbers were way way. Di- Most of the rats did not do the heroin. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to rethink my rationale on that. But so anyway, I read a book called This Naked Mind. I, I, I've turned a lot of people on to it, and I mm. talked to Dak Shepard, who's also a sober program person who does not represent AA and of course uh and he he thought i was full of shit but i was saying what i liked about the language of the book and this might be just from an ego level was it was saying like look alcohol is addictive when i started drinking i didn't drink a ton i slowly like you were saying it cumulatively added up Mm -hmm. and then what happened was i noticed i was drinking even though i didn't say let's have a drink it just started happening like i was just doing it because i was at home yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, what I was going to say I like sharing is I didn't have a sexy or big or grandiose rock bottom story. I just had a moment literally where I was pouring a drink and I was like, I didn't ask for this. Right. And I realized that something had gotten the better well, of that's, me. Well, I think that's, there's, there's as many people, uh, you know, you, your alcoholism can be different. And, and, just and like every, God. Yeah. It, it's, it's, but really it is. Yeah. It, yeah. The the idea that we that everyone is the same, uh, or should be the same, yeah, like is is absurd. Yeah, uh, I mean the the idea of like, well, this is the way it is. You go, well, but it's not the, that way for me. Well, then you're wrong. Right? I mean, how am I wrong? I'm just it's just not that way for me. That's interesting. Uh, I can feel a little pull though. There's part of my ego that goes like, you almost want to be in the cl- the club. I want to be like. You know, if there's a group, I want to join it. There's a part of me. But there's also something about 
there can I I'll summarize the whole book and because I'd love to hear what you think about it is they said alcohol was sold to you through media and through culture and all these different things right. as liberty meaning yes. like this is power yeah. and this is freedom and what the book does very slowly I got the audiobook so it's very repetitive over all this all these hours convinces you very thoroughly that it's the opposite is that you that it takes your liberty and it doesn't use this language but it makes you its bitch and oh was, for sure and i was like oh i'm its bitch i never woke up as robin williams said with my car keys in my ass but i was doing something i didn't want to do without any consent that's definitely uh addiction Please. yeah what i or or as, as i would understand alcohol. it but what alcohol oh, I'm sorry. but what alcoholism or, or my relationship with alcohol let me describe it like this I once had a girlfriend years and years ago when I was drinking who was concerned about my drinking and asked me to stop drinking. And I cared for her very much indeed. So I stopped drinking for a little while. And then on Sunday, one Sunday morning, we were having brunch with her parents. And she said, I really appreciate the fact that you haven't had a drink all this time. It was in England. And when we have brunch with my parents, if you want to have a glass of sherry because they have sherry at brunch time, go, go ahead. And she didn't understand alcoholism any more than I did at the right, time. Right, right. Uh, I said, okay. So, so at lunch... Saying the werewolf eat one chicken. Right, exactly. <laughs> so I, at lunch, I was... I, first of all, I was fixated on the idea for days that I was going to be able to have alcohol. So it became an obsession. Yeah. And then when I had the glass of sherry at brunch, it filled my body. As it, as it passed over my lips, I felt the warmth of... A thousand sons mm. and the blessings of the Christ on my forehead. <laughs> I felt all of my tension remove. I felt my soul go into shavasana. <laughs> I felt a warm wind of a, a, a breeze of benign love mm. flow through my very being. Mm. And I don't even fucking like Sherry. <laughs> so the idea, so my, you, that's not what alcohol's meant to do. If alcohol does that to you, you shouldn't drink it. Yeah, that's now that's Now that's my, that's my experience. That's not your experience. Right. It doesn't make your experience any less valid. It but just that means is, that my experience and your experience are different. That's okay. Right. Am I hearing you correctly? Because we're talking about alcohol making you its bitch. That those feelings that you, Craig, Peter, are worthy of, that deserve, that should be feeling necessarily at some points in your life, shouldn't be coming to you from a product by a corporation that doesn't give a fuck about you? I think what it is is that it's – I mean that, that, that could be it. It, it, mm. it, found, it sounds a little analytical for my tastes. I was wondering yeah. why you got there from Alcohol Made You It's Bitch to It Gave Me This Wonderful Feeling. Did I that? Didn't, I didn't care that it was It's Bitch. I didn't care that I, I, I didn't care that I was alcohol. So I was quite happy to be a, a bottom to alcohol. <laughs> but what the prison. But what yeah. but what I but what was lucky I think for me or, or, or what I'm grateful for that somewhere in that madness I had what is described in many areas as a moment of clarity when I thought this this is insane. When you had the sherry at brunch. It wasn't that was it wasn't the time, that one, but yeah. But there was a moment of clarity which I can't quite identify in a cinematic term for you. Like I suddenly went, wait a minute, and the music changed, and I ran right. out the door or anything huh? like that. It's or the record scratch yeah, yeah. or anything. It was. Uh, it's more about. It's more about I I somehow became aware 
there were friends of mine who had stopped drinking and they had, and I had, they had been successful at it. People that I used to drink and use cocaine with. Mm-hmm. And and I called one of them that had gotten sober and I said, I need some help. Mm. And he helped me. And, wow. And it that, took you to a, a meeting? It, Again, if I ever... Yeah, it, it's kind of... I understand. It, it's, it, look... It, it's not too difficult to work out. I'm just very uncomfortable with the notion that I would somehow speak for an organization yeah, I understand. that asks its members not to speak for it. Right. Uh, so, it's absurd. Uh, I, I wouldn't do that. Right. Um, so you got sober when you were... 29. 29. Way before the show. I have a question for you that I've been dying to ask. I asked the same thing to Fred Armisen. Have mm-hmm. you ever watched Portlandia? Oh, yes. yes. I'm a big fan of Fred <laughs> Armisen. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah. So Fred really shocked me because I, I told him, I was like, sometimes I watch that show <coughs> and it can haunt me yeah. because I'm like, so many sketches hinge on, and I said this to him, Fred will find something, right? Like the sketches about uh, little cucumber sandwiches and they're $75 and that's what's on the paper. But what you like about it is that at some point Fred realizes that he goes, so um, you, you lick the... You, you lick the skin. You gotta, and, and they find it, and the editors find it. But like a lot of times, it has to do with Fred right. being silly yes. and having silliness in his tank. You, similarly, you're in the confines. Well, I'm talking about the talk show, certainly, but in other ways, too. But in the talk show, you're in the confines of telling a joke about the movies that are out that week or the celebrities or whatever it might be. But it was always like, don't worry. Craig will find something. Yes, that's my job. How? Yeah, that is your job. Yes. How? So let's let's if you'll agree with the conceit that there's a tank that's either filled with your soul points, or it's filled with your silly juice, or it's just filled with your will to create. Right. How do you keep that full? And it's not. I wasn't wondering if alcohol kept it full. I'm wondering separately. How do you take care of yourself that you want to stay in a place that you want to be funny and be? present and be silly. I think it's it's almost a it's almost a physicality like um there will be nights when I'm going out to do a stand-up show and I don't feel like doing it but when the lights go down and the noise starts and the lights hit you and all the physical uh stimulus Muscle memory. Uh, yeah 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 but what it does is it puts you in that place right and and I think that I think action very much, I very believe that action leads thought, not the other way around. I think, I think that mm. the if you feel bad and you do something to make yourself feel better, you'll feel better. You won't feel better and then do something to make yourself feel better. You have to do something to make yourself feel better, even though you don't want every atom in your body is telling you, I don't want to fucking do this. Yeah. But that's your only choice. Action will change the thought. Faith without works is dead, I believe yeah, they say yeah, in yeah. your gang. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. That's right. You know, I, you have to do something. Invaluable. Yeah. I, I, I have family members that I just want to be like, you can't wait to feel like taking the big leap or the courageous act. Or, right. You have to do it and then you'll get the spoils. It's this weird yeah, it, arrangement. Courage is not lack of fear. It is, it's activity in the face of terror. Right. And sometimes it's very small courage. We, we were talking sure. about, like, I know that I going on a hike will make me feel better. Just a small hike. Right. Not even a major one. Just sure. a small neighborhood uphill walk. Right. Val and I do it all the time and we go, Jesus Christ, we feel so much better. Sure. It's so embarrassing to be in one of these. Yeah. That that works. Yeah. It's like how pornography makes me get an erection. Nothing is happening. It's two-dimensional flat images. Right. My fucking dick is so stupid to think somebody's about to get pregnant and nothing's happening, you idiot. Same way I go on a hike and all of my Physical problems feel it's fine. Right. Yeah, exactly. But 
what when I used to drink, I used to think I don't have a jog in my freezer. I've said this a million times. I had vodka in my freezer, so you could do that, even though a jog would make you feel better. Right. It's so hard to get over that initial hump. But I love that you're giving us another example. You got to do it. Just do it. Just have to do it. So you start doing stand up, and then you start feeling like doing stand up. Yeah, I think so. Um, and then and the nights when you were doing, you're in the the meat grinder of late night. Yeah, well, look, I, I won't lie to you and say I loved every show. I didn't, but um, I think the show itself, and I've heard other late night hosts say this, the show itself was a was kind of a pleasure. What what's unpleasant about late night is the corporate hypocrisy that is required of you to work for a large American corporation. Mm. So you have to pretend to be a certain person. You have to pretend to be a certain way. You have to pretend to like certain things. You have to go to the fucking Super Bowl. And like, you know, I, I don't care about any of that shit. I had to go and pretend to, to care about that shit. And Liberty. I, yeah. It's funny. It's, that, that is, I would say it's a price. People might not understand, but I think I understand. There's a price that it takes on your, on your soul, on your essence. Yeah. To no, do not something. right away. Yeah. You know. Even but, if it is going to the Super Bowl, if you don't give a fuck about the Super Bowl, it feels a little dirty. Well, yeah, I'm taking a seat for someone who really wants to go to the Super Bowl. Right. I, I've been to four American football games in my life, all of them Super Bowls, and I don't follow football. Do you know how angry that makes people who are really into football? Yeah. And they could have gone, you know. And I would have, I would have rather they went too. Yeah. You know, it's, oh just, it's just what it is. They would have cried. Yeah. Tears of joy. Exactly. But you had to... So if you don't mind breaking down some of those sac- excuse me, compromises, going to things you didn't care about, so the network wanted you to go to the Super Bowl? Yes. Whenever the network has a Super Bowl, you have to go to the Super Bowl. Really? Yes, of course you do. You're part of their cavalcade of stars. Craig said, was without a, disdain. I was, I was luckily, I was in a very lucky position. Uh, when I was at CBS, that I wasn't really at CBS. Uh, the the time period was owned by David Letterman, and David is an insane person. And and so <laughs> tell me everything. What do you mean? Well, in the sense that not not an insane person. That's that sounds like a value judgment. What I mean is, he he was so so big and so powerful that he didn't have to do anything that made CBS happy beyond a certain amount. And so because he didn't have to do it, I was kind of his, his familiar, his, the, the monkey on his organ, right. if, you, if, you, if you like. And, and I, Why does I, it have to I, be organ? Well, you know, the little, the, the, the hurdy-gurdy. <laughs> I, was the, I was the chimp on his hurdy-gurdy with my, little, with my little symbols and my little hat. So I was protected by David, is what I'm saying. But to a degree. Right. As time went on, the... Oh, you know the this it's still a large corporation, and look, I'm not I'm not ungrateful for it. And in fact, the opposite, I'm very grateful that I'm proud of that show. I'm glad I did it, but I'm very glad I don't do it anymore. Is it because of the moral ambiguity of the things that that corporation supports? No, there's a certain amount of corporate hypocrisy I'm prepared to put up with. If you make a movie for a large company, you know they're going to ask you to, you know, go in a press junket where you're going to have to not talk about anything that they would find distasteful. That's okay. Right. I mean, that's fine. I work for them. That's okay. Right. It's when, but when you work for a company all the time, right. then everything you say and all the time. And it's Craig Ferguson. The name right. of the show is Right. Ferguson, it's yeah. your name's in the show and you work for them or you don't work for anybody else. They also have right. a contractual exclusivity. If I want to be on your podcast, I have to call and talk to someone at right. CBS. Right. 
Yeah. I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to live like that. Right. That's interesting. It, it, it's another, it's a liberty issue. <laughs> yeah. And we, we became comedians because we didn't want anybody to tell us what to do. Well, and then you were so good at it, you got into a position where someone was telling you. Um, I think it's, I don't know if it's good. I, I see, I think that the idea of, of being a good comedian and a bad comedian, it's such a subjective thing. And like when people say he's a good comedian, he's a bad comedian, I'm like, well, what the people that are laughing at the bad comedian, what are they bad people or right. something? It's just, it's, that's crazy. Right. I, I mean, it's like my dad used to say, I actually used to do this in an act years ago. My dad used to say about music that I liked when I was a kid, he said, that's not music, son. That's just a noise. <laughs> and I'd be like, that's what music is. It's a noise that I like, you know, and, and he, like the music he liked was music and the music I liked was not music. And I go, well, it is music. Uh, it, it's just music for me. Right. And, and I feel that about comedy. So, so the idea that, that I got good and got a late night show is not true. Well, you were effective. I was, I, I was lucky enough to fall into that position and I exploited that luck to my own advantage but I don't think it makes me any better than p- the people who have not Dave Chappelle has never had a late night not Dave Chappelle uh, Dave Attell Dave Attell has never done a late night show right he's a fantastic comedian right it's not good or bad no I know I, 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 I love Dave too I wonder it's a different skill set it's, it's like when you watch you doing stand up you go like I bet this guy could do the specific task of being depends on what the late night show is. Like if I, yeah, yeah you're right. Dave yeah. could have a very interesting, like kind of anti, yeah, I like think. in the way that uh, Tom Green and or Norm Macdonald, right, sort of have talk shows. Actually, yeah. did you see Norm Macdonald's recent stand up special? No, it is sensational. Oh, really? Sensational. <laughs> I, I hadn't seen Norm do stand up and for a, such a long. Like I was on Norm's show with Artie. Uh-huh. Uh, years ago, when I was doing the Drew Carey show, Norm was on the Drew Carey show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a guest on that, and they asked me to to do his show, and I did an episode or two, I think. And and I've always I've very much liked Norm as a performer. He's a very unusual performer, but his recent stand-up special is just fabulous. Oh, I got it. Is it on Netflix? Yes, of course. Oh, here we are just yeah, assuming yeah. it's on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. <laughs> are you still do... You're doing stand-up, obviously, actively mm-hmm. now. So there's... Have you refilled your barrel? Are you back in your pure place of like, I just want to do stand up. I just want to me and the audience that pure. I think it's it's as simple as you know chicken or fish. You know, I mean, like right now, I I I, I have a f- taste for that. Yeah, and if someone comes along and says, "Would you care to try this?" I I might try it. But what's going on? Because you don't need it. It's not a like you said with your podcast. And I don't mean like what's going on suspiciously. I mean, right. what what is going on? You're 56. Right. You're still doing stand up. It's chicken or fish. Mm. What does it feel like to not perform for you? I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fine. <laughs> Did that seem uh, dishonest? No, I loved it. That was delight. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, it's fine not to perform. That's great. Uh, I, uh, oh, oh, you gotta hear the credit. Oh, bullshit. What are you talking about? Some 1930s movies? What is this, Singing in the Rain? Which is a lovely film, by the way. Yeah. Um, I, I just... Uh, no, I'm, I'm perfectly happy not But you just do it because That's clocks like, tell time and comedians tell jokes? I, yeah. I, I enjoy it. But I don't, like... 
Don't have to do it. It's not right. a compulsion. I, well, you, I like it. You spend a lot of time in in Scotland. Most of the time. In and are you? I'm assuming you're not touring like year round. Or anything. no, not at all. What are you doing when you're? I like have such a, a stock I have question, a, a garden. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Bilbo Baggins, and um, I mean that as a compliment. Absolutely. I've, I've never watched The Shire and not been like, why aren't we doing this? Yeah, no, that's exactly <laughs> what I do. I've been building a sort of little wall uh <laughs> and i've put in one pond and i liked it so much i've now gone for a a bigger more uh elaborate pond construction which i'm working on i've had to stop for the moment come and do your podcast but i'll return yeah. to scotland and now i feel bad uh, no no there's other reasons i, was I understand too, you're doing your press and all yeah. that so uh, you there's that line that a friend of yours in arizona tells you don't just do something sit there yes you and and there, I'm sort of haunted as my. We've sung the praises of Leno, and I'm not putting them down, but I'm haunted by the type of brain that Leno wrote about having, which is the guy that goes to the beach, sits there for five minutes, and then he's like, "I must have been here for uh, what four days," <laughs> and looks at his watch, and yeah. it's been five minutes. I'm like that overactive, drunken monkey mind. Have you settled down into yourself in a way that obviously, when you write about yourself as a young man? You're running. You're you're afraid. You're yes. you're ill at ease. How have you managed this? You seem so equanimous. I love it. I think that what happens is that the corporeal decline of the human body is is <laughs> very helpful. In not a flaw. In the agi- no, it's it's, it's a, a miracle of design. It's a miracle, it's a miracle of design. design. The, if you're lucky, I mean, look, old age is not a gift given to everyone, but. But if you're lucky enough to to be visited by, you know, maturity and 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 decline, you should enjoy it. Yeah. I'm 56 years old. I'm I'm not like in in my pipe and slippers years yet. But I I kind of like the fact that I'm like no, I don't want to do that. Right. And one thing I tell you, one thing I did do, which has contributed greatly to mental health for me, is that. It began with I removed myself from social media. Beautiful. All mo- all social media. I don't know what it is what I'm looking for when I look at my phone, but I've never got it. No, no, it's not there. <laughs> but the, uh, I don't, I don't, I now don't have a browser on my phone. I don't, not only do I not go what, on social media, I don't go on the internet. How do you do, what kind of phone do you have? I have an iPhone. How did you get rid of Safari? You, there's a, there's a, a way of doing it. You can go into preferences and accessibility, and you can actually remove the uh, Safari from your phone. No. Yes, and I don't have it. So I have apps for uh, the Glasgow Herald and the uh, Glasgow Live, which is another app that I have. Uh, for the news. For the news. And and so if any big news breaks, I see it, you know, but I... I I don't. I don't follow the news because because if there's anything big happens that You'll I can, hear about it, that I can do something about. You're like me. I'm I'm very phone minimal. Yeah. Oh, completely I though. I, yeah. I, you're you're. Ahead I don't of me. go on the. I don't go on the internet. Well, I, after we get off, you're going to show me how to do the safari. Thing. I, I if I can remember. All right. But can, I might, I'll I, Google it. Yeah. It, you, go, you, what, th- that's the weird irony. I went on YouTube. To, to sh- look at the video yeah. to show me how to yeah, remove yeah, yeah, yeah. a Safari from my iPhone, but it is there. I do the the black and white phone too, and I try. I I, I tried I'm, a lot of different things. I tried yeah. a dumb phone. I tried a, but I like FaceTime because uh, you know if I'm away from my kids, kids or yeah. my wife, it's it's great. And can we just take a moment to ask about the sociopaths that are using FaceTime just on the sidewalk? <laughs> yeah, <this is laughs> just like, hey, Bill. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, no. That's for children and estranged fathers only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, That's it's, dads it's... on the road <laughs> or grandma wants to see the baby. Yeah. It's not you at LAX being like, hey, have a coffee. When cell phones first came in, I'm old enough to remember that. That's how we felt. That was exactly what happened to Yeah, it. but you It'll don't need down. to see their fucking face. It, actually, I, I find that, well, there's a couple of things. One, it's free. I think that's one of the reasons why people It's free. And the other thing is that the audio tends to be much better. No. The audio connection on FaceTime is much better. See, I'm not, I'm not against technology at all. I, you I just want your life. I love technology. I think the technological advances are fantastic. Yeah. But I'm very much against the idea that everybody gets to talk to me when they want. You're right. No, you don't. Like when you canceled the show in your book, which I should yeah. be telling you how wonderful it is. Well, it, you know, I, it would be traditional, but it's well, okay. You don't have to. But I'm not even pretending. So I, I told you, I just, I, I just finished my book. Today is the last day I have with it, so that's what I'm yeah. doing the rest of the day, just reading my own book. So I'm reading your book with the critical lens of what it's like writing a book yeah. and enjoying it. I think that's a rare compliment. Do you enjoy the process of writing the book? I did. I, I yeah. want to write another one as soon as I can. Is this your first one? Uh-huh. Yeah. Is this your... Third. Third. Yes. Third. Well, it, then here's another compliment. It reads like your first in the good way. That's nice. Because you're telling your essential backstory. You, you, it feels fresh. I it's, think it... I, you know I, what I mean? It doesn't feel it. like the third book fatigue. No, no, no. The very important <laughs> third book. <laughs> here's what I really even wanted yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah, fuck. It's I, like I, the I hate all those guys. You could start with this book. Yeah. I well, how how was your process as like sort of a Robin, Eddie, Craig brain writing a book? Uh, I like uh, I like the process of writing. I think it. That's why I. That's why I think it's quite easy to not perform because it's the same thing, buddy. We have a lot of the same theories. Yeah. It's one thing. And it comes out in different ways. Yeah. It's like the Play-Doh fun set where there's the star, there's the crescent moon. Yeah, yeah. What shape do you want it to be in? But it's the same fucking yeah, exactly Play-Doh. Exactly the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what I feel about, about writing. And writing is actually quite nice. You don't have to go anywhere. And if yeah. you want to just stop, you can just stop. Yeah. You don't have to say, you know what, everybody, I, I just, I'm going to go and uh, watch five episodes of Crashing and then yeah. come back. <laughs> Um, that's right you know. my friend Roger Hales had a joke about being your own boss and he was like I'm my own boss and I have a very lenient masturbation <laughs> policy <laughs> it's a great joke yeah. and I often think that not that I'm constantly jerking off but like the idea that you can stop whenever you want and you can also just kind of pick up back whenever you want yeah, yeah. like I have this arbitrary rule that I don't like working basically after the sun goes down because I, I like being able to fall asleep I, I want my brain a little time to slow down right. I love that like like one of the reasons I liked having a talk show was I like doing comedy during the day because right. then you can sort of have a normal hobbit like evening. Yeah, if if that's what you want to do. I mean, I I quite like that now. What I really like to do is once my wife and the kids are asleep, I like to get up and go downstairs and watch documentaries about the Second World War. Wow, you're a dad. Yeah. That's is that right. when you know you're a dad? I think that's it. That's it? Yeah. That and episodes of a British show called Top Gear. You know the show Top Gear? No. It's a car show. But it, it, that does it a great misservice. It's actually now called The Grand Tour. It's going to morph the cast, move to Amazon. Cause, okay. And it, it's a f- fabulous show. I'm all about GBBO. GBBO? What's that? Great. British, British Bake Off? Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it since Mary Berry and the, the girls. I'm going to throw you something. Yeah, I've heard, but that I've it, actually seen... That 
Mm. You're not going to believe me because I loved all the I love the girls. Mm. I love Mary Berry. I like the new cast. Oh, I I like the new cast. I just don't know if I'm ready to accept them as a step parent <laughs> yet. Do you know what I mean? It's like, but they're so funny. They do jokes that like kind of help you through it. Okay, like when Colin Quinn took over a Weekend Update and he made yeah. all these jokes about like how no one <laughs> no one wanted a new guy. Yeah, I love that. That's uh, yeah, it's the right thing to do. I hear that. Well, we we already talked about God a little bit. What do, what do you where do your beliefs lie now? Because today, is, yeah. Because you mentioned in the book, you have that lovely story of literally riding an elephant, mm. and it, the book is called "Riding the Elephant." Yeah, and it's going a bit to of, a bit of a metaphor, though. You did get the uh, stoner thing. Yeah, and yeah, the, yeah, 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 sure. Well, more the kind and then of, yeah. there's other. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. All right. Life is like riding an elephant. Well, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all doing our best. Um, but you have this very beautiful um, Darjeeling limited feeling. Did you see that movie? Yeah, that, yeah it's, it's lovely. I mean, yeah. I was jealous of that story because yeah. I was like, this is beautiful. I can see it. And you go to a funeral. No spoiler. It's, you still have to read it. It's beautiful. A Hindu funeral. And you mentioned being open to reincarnation, not being close to anything. Mm. But um, I'm wondering, when I ask you about God, philosophies aside, what what do you think happens when we die? What do you think? Do you think this is just the improbable spurring out of math until DNA was formed? Is something behind and throughout this? Or I think, I mean, it's fun to speculate, but I think that, you know, it would be... I've never found it particularly helpful to, to kind of nail my colors to any particular manifesto. So, you know, I, will you go to heaven or, you're, you know, whatever it is. I mean... I think the the St. Augustine, again, I'm not a Catholic, but St. Augustine has some very interesting things to say about that. Trying to understand the mind of God is like trying to pour the ocean into a cup. Mm-hmm. And and the the idea of there are <laughs> I love that it's kind of great. We say right? dogs trying to understand the internet, right? Or <laughs> the uh, I heard someone say uh, a meeting that I attend in Glasgow saying about God. If God was big enough for me to understand, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't be, be big enough to do me any good. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I like the way you said it. Um, so, but I, I've I've also heard. Any God you could fully understand in the in the walls of your mind isn't a God worth believing. Right, that's the Augustinian like what idea. I, have you taken psychedelics? Have you had any? Yes, of yes. Did I, you I, have I, anything mystical feeling where you're just like, I, and that, this is very leading, forgive me, but I'm just saying I've had those things where you're on a psychedelic and you're just like, oh shit, we are dogs trying to understand the internet. And you're sort of in that place. No, the psych, whenever I did psychedelics, it was back when I was drinking. So I didn't do them in the proper kind of I floating down the river with the <laughs> girl with the tangerine eyes and all that. It was, I did like 10 pints of Guinness and then acid. Oh, uh, wow. So, you know, leprechauns fly More out of a party. And, yeah, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> the message was, yeah. you're drunk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're deedly dee. We've all been hiding in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so back to what you we try to put the ocean in a cup is already worth. I'm glad I asked, but like so, there's a there's an understanding and a feeling of we can't know. It's you can't. I think the idea is to be maybe it, it, this is an aspirational thought, but to be humble enough to accept the fact that you can't know. You're not. It's not time for you to know. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. And that I suspect that you don't get. Like, yeah, I suspect, now I could be wrong, but I suspect you don't die and suddenly get handed all the knowledge of the universe to your dead soul. Why? Right. 
right? That doesn't seem to make any sense at all. <coughs> right. Um, here's my most recent thought about it, as in this moment right now, Just is that I think time bends and that it's not linear and that the only moment exists is this one right now. But this moment exists and all moment exists for eternity, forever. All moment. All moments. All moments exist. Yeah. All all time exists. That's a very psychedelic thought, which is everything's all happening at, at the, the same, same time. time. Yeah. Somebody mentioned that about reincarnation. I love it. Somebody mentioned about reincarnation was that it's not that you die and then you wake up and you're a baby and now you're in India or now you're in North Dakota. He was like, all of your lives and births and stuff, they're all happening simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And the way that we're perceiving it is is like cutting through the trunk of a tree, like the knife is having its own sort of experience. But it's all happening at once. Do you know what I think is, is fascinating about it is like uh, at the forefront, I'm probably way behind on this, but the Big Bang theory of the idea that like, you extrapolate the universe is expanding, right? Mm-hmm. So the universe is... What ex- business is that of yours? Well, well the universe is expanding, which, <laughs> is, a, which yeah, is fine, right? The universe is expanding. <laughs> yes. So the idea, well, the Big Bang theory is if it's expanding, then logically... It'll contract. It was at oh, one it was point. Yeah. So, so the best they've come up with is uh, there was a Big Bang at one point. Yeah, you you realize how really infantile that sounds if you're not if you're not a physicist like re, if you don't really buy into that. Yeah, it sounds a little like you know turtles all the way down. It is our turtles all the way. I'm down. sure, and know. and it's there is a certain we don't knowness that I love in a good in a good scientist and a good atheist. Sure, will have an appreciation. For well, that. I think we can I also think... register the radiation coming off the explosion, which is. A relatively new idea to me right. within the past five years. They were like, no, it's not just that we think there was an explosion. We can actually measure the radiation from the Big Bang. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Now I feel you going like, but how do we know that? Like, yeah, there's always course. the like, but how do we know yeah, that? It's, it's just, it's, you don't have to know everything. Yeah. And I don't feel like I have to know. Right. You know, I don't, I, I don't feel like I have to know. Do you feel benevolent? Do you feel, it seems like you do in your garden patch with your one pond. Mm. Is there one like a... One and a half and one on the a new pond coming. I love this story. There's a woman dying and she's afraid to die. And the doctor is talking to her. And she's like, I just don't know what's going to happen to me. And on the other side of the door, there's a dog. It's the doctor's dog. And uh, the doctor's a visiting doctor. The dog is scratching at the door eager to get in and the doctor opens the door dog runs in and he's so happy to see his owner again he's like see i've never been here before i've never been in this hospital before my dog's never been in this room before but he knew he wanted to come in here because his master wasn't here so there was this feeling of the dog had the trust of the benevolence of like even though i haven't been in this room i can't wait to get in there Mm. so similar um it was the saint ama that told that story is the idea that when we die do you feel like relax this whole thing bends towards reconciliation, towards some sort of benevolence, or is it a Black Mirror episode? <laughs> you know, I, I think ultimately conversations like this in this temporal realm end up in circles. Yeah. Because there is no answer to what, you, what we're asking. But the gut feeling when I say is it benevolent? Yes, I, I would say, I would have to say it would be benevolent because it just is logical. Mm. Like, the, the thing about persecution, evil, wickedness, it's so illogical. It doesn't make any sense, really. Mm. It's infantile. It's adolescent at best. 
you know, so the, like a disease or something. It's well, like a, it, well, disease is, implies that there's no culpability. It's not your fault if you get a disease, but um, but the wickedness is a is 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 kind of a choice mm. of of a of a, I think a, 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 an infantile mind, mm. you know, and I I think that ultimately sensible people um are kind hmm. i think ultimately human beings don't want to hurt things i mean right. i i think that for, for evil to triumph completely there would even once there would be nothing right so um so it doesn't seem to me, it seems to be more sensible to assume benevolence than wickedness because but maybe I'm wrong. No, I no, that's why I was asking on an instinct level. Yeah. We don't have to rationalize that. Right. I'm saying Craig or me on our deathbeds, we're going out. Both the Rocky Twos are going out. Yeah. Sad day for show business. Sad day for showbiz, yeah. but it's a post apocalyptic wasteland. Okay. Well, and we fair. fought a good fight and we've been killing the And rabbit. the robot came from the future. Oh and, my god. Yeah. Yes. No, oh yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> that's it. That. But we fought Well good. we fought, yeah. And we died valiantly. Right. In bed. Of course. Of old age. Yes. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> it comes down to like, <clears throat> at your core, how do you feel? Now, uh, we've gotten heavy and we've smoked pot in our dorm room and we're enjoying it. Um, I want to end on a sillier note. Mm-hmm. Can you, I bet you can, remember the time you laughed the hardest in your whole life? Um. There's been a few times. Could be as a kid. It can be a few times. And I'm not looking for a good story. I, I just, where are you? There, How old there's are you? One that, there's one that occurs. To me. I laughed a lot during that late night show. I like, bet. Yeah. Oh, my God. I laughed a lot during that show. <laughs> one night, like, Josh Robert Thompson, who used to do the robot, mm-hmm. uh, is, I'm such a huge fan of his talent. His mind is unbelievably fast, and he's so skilled as a performer, and he used to make me laugh all the time. I just now realized it wasn't a robot. Oh, right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, see, that's how good he is. But you know what's funny? Yeah. What? Never really considered you that. You never thought about it. Yeah, it. He's that good. Yeah, he's yeah. that good. Yeah, I mean, I he's like, an yeah. astonishing actor. He's really good. Yeah. Um, but... Um, but one day he he got a job and he had to go away, uh, but we needed the robot, so we got Larry King to come in one night and be the voice of the robot and operate the robot, and it <laughs> just was one of the more beautiful <laughs> events ever in my. It really funny. made me laugh. Larry He's is so very funny. funny. He's very funny, but Larry as a and they put you know suspenders on the robot and stuff like that. I mean, it was just it was so beautiful. That's it was so funny. Fun. Yeah, we. Um, this is a little braggy, but it meant a lot to us. We did. He did this podcast, and I did his uh, web show and stuff. And right. when Baby Lee was born, he sent us a onesie with suspenders on it. Oh wow! Isn't that? It's exactly what he sent to me when Liam was born. Is that true? No, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind at all if no, he had a playbook. No, no, no. no, no. What he did say when my son, my second son, was born, Liam James. Uh, Larry called me and said, Liam James Ferguson? I went, yeah. He went, well, we know he's not Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> I said, no, he's not. I, you know, I wonder if you have an answer to this. I, I've had friends that didn't want to stop drinking and they were like, you're telling me if, if I went to my buddy's house tonight and we hung out and we don't drink that we'll have as much fun as, as if we did. And 
I, I'm of the opinion that you absolutely can. I wonder what your feeling is to that argument. Let me tell you a story. This is a true story. One of the, uh, one of the greatest comedians who ever lived uh, was a gentleman by the name of Peter Cook. Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. Do you know anything about Peter Cook? No. Google him, look him up. He was a genius. Can Wikipedia, at least, right? He was, uh, he's a forerunner to the Pythons. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's one of these genre-creating individuals. Well. And I loved Peter, and I wrote a little... Uh, one of my first jobs, I wrote a little thing and I, for Channel 4 in Britain, and I, I wanted Peter to play my dad in some flashbacks. And the, you know, Rowan Atkinson, was, well, it was his production company, and he said, well, ask Peter to do it. I said, I don't know Peter, because he's a legend. And he said... Uh, I said, well, I know Peter, I'll ask him. And I asked him, and he uh, he did it, and we became friendly. And years later, Peter and I were working on a thing for the BBC in Portugal, and I hadn't seen him for a long time. And we were, uh, he was still drinking, and I was sober. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was a really uh, very heavy, very, very, very heavy drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, actually, it killed him. Um we went out one night, we had dinner together, it was just he and I, I wasn't drinking, he was drinking, it was Portugal, and just the two of us in this nice little restaurant on the beach, and then some of the crew turned up, and so, you know, they were drinking, we had a little, and then some more, and some other actors turned up, and things got a little crazy, and we had a good time, then we all went off to a discotheque, and the local down, we went dancing, it was fantastic, and then, you know, some people were smoking weed, and all that stuff, and then we all went back, and we went back to the beach, we were up late, and we had acoustic guitars, and lit a fire on the beach, and people are having sex with, they shouldn't have sex with, and all that kind of stuff, and pairing off, and the next day, I had to leave and go to Britain, and I was leaving my hotel room, Peter was staying on, uh, Peter was drinking, of course, that night, and I wasn't. And he came in my hotel. I was just leaving. He said, can I come in a second? And I went, yeah. He said, last night, we did all that stuff. I, we went out drinking. And we did all that stuff. We had all that time. And the guitars. Said, the yeah, band. the guitar and all the beach. And, and he said, and you had a good time. I said, yeah, I had a great time. And he said, and you didn't drink? I said, no. He said, how do you do that? Mm. And I said, I'm not quite sure. It, it takes a bit of time. But he genuinely didn't. Yeah, he genuinely didn't know. Uh, and this is this is a, a man with a brain the size of a planet. This is a, this is a, a giant figure. When you look at this guy, you, first of all, you recognize him. You'll have seen him in movies. But then you, when you read about him, you realize the enormous effect. There, without uh, Peter Cook, there's no Robin Williams. There's no Monty Python. There's no Eddie Izzard. There's certainly no me. There's you know there's, he's he's an enormous influence, mm. and. And he didn't know how to have a good time without having a drink. And the, the answer is that it doesn't happen overnight. You can't do it on your first day. Right. You know, there's it a, takes a bit of getting used to. Yeah, there's a wobbly toddler period. Right, right, exactly. But it happens. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, look, I'm not an idiot. If drinking was more fun, I'd do it. Yeah. That's, that's, I just, it makes me sad, actually, when I hear that question. That's why I like the, the liberty. You've been ta- something has been sold to you as a, as, a, as a lie that you needed this. Yeah. And then maybe it even did make you dependent on it. And when you have fun, when you're on the beach and the songs and yeah. all that stuff, it also just changes your – when we're talking about good stand-up, about being present – and I didn't drink at my wedding, my second wedding. I was so happy that I didn't because I remember every fucking second of it. It was sure. the best day of my life. Yeah. And I was, and I just, I stopped drinking like two weeks before. And I'm so glad. What a gift. And it was such a pleasure. And I danced and it was amazing. And it was clear and I was present. Good. And when you talk about that, yeah, just for me, 
it worked, and th- and that was yeah. such a huge victory. I think that the thing is to that's when it's easy. Yeah, there have been time. I've been sober for twenty seven years. Mm. There has been there have been times in that period where I've really wanted a drink. Mm. Uh, either I've felt great or I felt terrible, but I I really wanted a drink, and uh, I hadn't had one. And that's the one thing I can say I do not regret. No, I never woke up in the morning and thought, fuck, I wish I'd had a drink last night. Yeah. I really wish I'd have got shit-faced and pooed my pants. <laughs> I, that would have been great. If only the great time I had last night would have been so much greater if I couldn't remember it. Yeah. Or I wish, I felt so bad yesterday, I wish I had compounded my misery by adding active alcoholism. I to could it. use a physical element. Right. This, yeah. So this, it's, just a, it's just a lie. You know what? It's kind of for customers, I think. <laughs> By that, I mean, you know, the gullible. Mm. <laughs> I, I think if if you're truly mental, if you're truly an individual thinker, just because other people do it has absolutely no meaning to me. Yeah. There's no meaning to me. It's like I was talking to Bobby Lee the other day, and he was saying, come come down to the comedy store. I was like, why? He says, because other comedians are there. I'm like, what? I don't care. <laughs> 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 um, but but I, it's not that I I resent other comedians. I don't. I actually don't. I I enjoy the company of comedians, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't want to go there. Yeah, um, I might change my mind, but I love that. That just sounds like freedom to me. It is. Yeah, and uh, it takes practice. It took a while to get there. Yeah, and it doesn't exist all the time. It exists in this moment now with you and me talking. Right. You know, sometimes I get tired. Sometimes I'm hungry. Sometimes I'm. In traffic, sometimes I'm right. just an asshole. Right. You know, I think the idea as well that, you know, when you look at the way that the, the media and the, the, the social media as well as regular media um, is that, you know, when someone's an asshole for a moment, they've been an asshole and they always will be an asshole. And you go, well, eh, mm. I don't know. Maybe they said a dumb thing. But right. Does that, right. Does that mean they're an asshole all the time? Because that means I'm an asshole all the time. Because right. I've, said, I've said and done some stupid that's asshole right. things. That's right. Um, so, and then everybody apologizes all the time. I'm not apologizing. No, you're fucking business. Right. No, you're fucking. I'm not apologizing. Never apologize. <laughs> I haven't done anything. Fuck you. <laughs> Are you saying you don't apologize? I do not apologize. <laughs> I said to my wife and children, but I do not. I don't apologize to anyone else because it's all in the game of being human. Sure. Yes. Except with your wife and children. I understand. You know, first of all, with my wife in. You know, I have to apologize because, you know, I live with her and, you know, <laughs> I like her very much indeed. Yeah. And with my children, I want them to know that I admit I'm wrong. Right. You know, but that's because I have an intimate connection with them and it matters to me what they think. What some fucking Danish blogger thinks about a joke I did five years ago? I don't give a fuck about that. Why did I, why did I ever for a moment think that I should? But that, that liberty isn't cheaply won i don't think that takes no it it took i i tell you when i came off all social media and all all media actually i experienced withdrawal restlessness irritable discontent insomnia i put on a little weight i I was you know all of this classic symptoms of withdrawal from something that's got you by the nuts Hmm. um so i can only assume from that Taking the you know the the Big Bang theory approach, which is well, if it goes that way, then it must be that. Right. It must go the other way too. So therefore, I assume it is an addiction because it felt like withdrawal when I gave it up. Right. 
And you know what? It feels like the pouring the drink without giving the command because I'll, I'll go you to the You pick bathroom, up your phone and you don't even know what you're looking for. And I don't know what I'm doing. Right. It's like I'm smoking a cigarette. Why the hell am I smoking a cigarette? I don't even right. want a cigarette. That's right. Oh, man. Someone was, else is driving. Was quitting smoking, as they say, harder than some of the other Well, drugs? quitting smoking is a tougher one because you it's quit smoking. You know, like, you stop, <laughs> like if you drank the way I drank. You stop drinking, you know, you stop waking up in dumpsters, you stop, you know, peeing yourself, you lose yeah. 20 pounds, your skin clears, your eyes look nice, people start wanting to spend some time with you. Right. You stop smoking, you gain 20 pounds, you're cranky all the time, you know, you, you pee your pants. Well, maybe that was just me. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, it, it's a, physically, it's a very yeah. different thing. Right. And, but you, you've been off that for... Yeah. It's, it's interesting because I, that's, it's... All of these things, just as you say you've been off it, I feel sometimes that the framing of that, and I do this too, is that yeah. I'm somehow denying myself something. Right, right, right. And then the opposite is true. It's like the fact that I don't eat meat. People, I, listen, nothing makes people so angry as if you tell the them you're vegan. Make three, I, I'm a vegan. Well, I'm a flexible vegan. Yeah, I'm kind of a chegan because I, of, I call it flegan. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like, I like uh, cheese. But if, you know, I like I cheated, hard cheeses. If I cheat, it's cheese. It's something like yeah, that. It's, yeah, but it's not cheating. It's just that I choose to eat yeah, cheese. You're right. I don't choose to eat roadkill. Buddy, you, I you, don't choose to eat. We're catching how our brains are so binary. And it's back to, I know two European comedians that are this way. Like, right. we draw these stupid conclusions. I, I'm with you, though. You tell people you're a vegan, you have to apologize. For That's sure. it's a very personal choice. It's something you put in your body. And it's people say, your body I, I, the one I like is, that where do you get your protein? Yeah. Like, the same place a cow or an elephant gets its protein. Or a gorilla. Yeah. And, yeah, or, and like the whole thing about you, you get a 300-pound alcoholic drink and say, where'd you get your protein? Like, yeah. like why do you care? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You why know? are you framing it as concern for you're a, me? You're a, you're a crack addict. Yeah, why yeah. do you care about yeah. protein? Yeah. Well, maybe, and the other one is, I, I couldn't be a vegan. I love my food. I'm like, yeah. I love food too. Yeah. But that's not food. Yeah. That's soap. Nostrils, animal hair. Yeah. You know, it's not food. I don't eat that. That's yeah. not food. Yeah, soap? Well, you know. <laughs> and sh- exaggeration for the sake of it. You want to hear a bit that I do? I, I don't say that I'm a vegan before I do the bit. Right. But I, I, I was at a restaurant and a friend of mine ordered a steak, uh, me- medium rare. Right. But he was rude. He kind of said, like, chop, chop to the waitress. Oh, boy. And, uh, and then he was so worried that she was going to spit in his food. And the bit is, uh, there's already blood in your food. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just good PR. Yeah, yeah. It's not blood. It's, it's, it's rare. It's juicy. And I was like, but one drop of red cow blood in your special K in the morning, turning the milk pink, and you're like, fuck you. What are you, insane? I know. It's, it's, it's just context. It's crazy. Isn't that nuts? I used to say that thing about haggis. You know that Scot- the Scottish sure. people eat haggis. Which and is in, uh, intestine. stomach yeah. and intestines mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And he said, oh, I could never eat a haggis. And I go, a hot dog? You want a yeah. hot dog? Yeah. Because like, uh, for, for a hot dog, a haggis would be a step up. That's right. And you tell the story, I hope, about a country where they serve dog. I, I don't want to ruin the story. Yeah, it's yeah. a great story. And I remember watching the news where, where somebody was arguing that we should eat dog. And, they were, and I, I felt bad for the guy. I was like on CNN or something. But, but he was like, look, we euthanize. He had the number. He was like a million dogs a day. And that meat could be leather, it could be meat, it could be stuff. But we, we just draw this like sort of arbitrary distinction sure. because they have personalities. Yeah. And I was like, this guy's fighting a much larger battle. Yeah, there's no way he's going to You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah And yeah. I'm not even – I wouldn't go on CNN and argue we should eat dogs. I wouldn't go on CNN. I wouldn't go <laughs> – but like you're sort of – once you start picking at that scab – my friend Kumail was like, we hate vegans because we know they're right. 
And I was like, I think, I think you're right about that. Because when I wasn't a vegan, I hated when vegans. Me too. I was awful. Vegans. I was awful about yeah, vegans. Of course. And then, and then I, you know, and I was like, ah. it's that, it's that thing that Strummer said, isn't it? It's been proven by research. He who fucks nuns will later join the church. I think I'm like that. <laughs> Uh, I'm like that with veganism. That's funny. Yeah. Now that you're in, yeah, yeah. I think that's. But you know, it's also if you wanna, if you wanna eat a steak, I'm not gonna make fun of your choices. I'm right there with you. Yeah, just go hate ahead. and uh, hate and judgment in your heart is as toxic as eating some beef lips. Yeah, I, I would say it's probably I, worse. It's probably worse. Yeah. I completely agree. And if I, I actually, this is gonna sound fucking like bullshit, and I don't care. I'm taking a note from you. I'm right. not gonna apologize. Why? If I catch myself judging Valerie, she's not a vegan, she's a vegetarian, right. and we both eat fish sometimes, we're full of shit, all sorts of yeah, different yeah. So it's like, if she eats, uh, we go home and she eats chicken or something that her parents cook, because she's at home and she doesn't want right. to deal with it. If I catch myself judging her, I'll order a pizza. I won't cheat with meat, but I'll, I'll fucking eat a pizza. Well, you know Just to say, fuck you, you stupid dipshit. You know what to I me, like? I'm talking to me. Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah. He's a vegan, has been a vegan for a long time. Weird. But he will cheat with pizza. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, I like that system. So I don't call myself a, a vegan. I call myself a weird alien. Is that what I, he does? No, that's, oh. that's just what I like oh, to call myself. Oh, a weird alien. A weird alien. I follow the weird Al philosophy Ugh. of, yeah, I don't eat animals this or crisps, but, you know, podcast. pizza is pizza. People just download this podcast for free. Yeah. And they listen to great things like I'm a weird alien <laughs> for free. For free. What fun. Craig Ferguson, you're a treasure. Oh, right back at you, I'm, I'm Or happy. Craig, as we call you. As we call Rocky, too. I'm so happy to be with a free man, a liberated person. For this moment. For this yeah, moment. I understand. Yeah, we yeah. both get pinched. I do too. But it was nice to spend this time with you. Yes, I feeling have a how, nice how we do right now. God bless you. God love you. All right. And bless Fist us both. Pumps. Would you yeah. say keep it crispy? It's our first Scottish keep it crispy. Keep it crispy. Very good. Yeah. That's what the dragon people pay you for. There yeah, you go. <laughs> <laughs> Riding the elephant. So crispy. I'm so crispy. I'm so crispy. My ice can't make you hate this one again.